I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Manchester City, Sunday, December 15th, Premier League, 4.30pm. Contents, Head Coach, Captain, Voice of Arsenal, Young Gun, Academy. Match Action, West Ham versus Arsenal. Community, My Story, Visitors, Notice Board. Match action, Arsenal versus Brighton. Women, my Arsenal teams. Freddie Lundberg. It's been a roller coaster week for our interim head coach. I think it's safe to say that over the past two weeks, I've experienced just about every emotion possible. Of course, it was frustrating not to come away with all three points on Thursday night in Liège, but to pick up that win against West Ham and then qualify for the last 32 is a great feeling. Being able to fight back from 1-0 down and 2-0 down in the same week is tremendous, and I'm genuinely proud of the whole squad. Going back to the Liège game on Thursday, it's a little frustrating because I thought we played really well and stuck to our game plan in the first half and created chances. From memory, I don't think Liège had a single shot on target in the opening 45 minutes, but then we had a bit of bad luck and were sucker-punched by two deflected goals. Yes, there's things we can learn that can help to prevent those goals, but there's still two deflected goals that you can't really bash the players for. But then the reaction we had in the second half was superb. We believed in how we played. We found those little pockets of space and we sliced them open for two fantastic goals. Given that we were two goals down on a pitch that wasn't in the best condition, the players could have folded and given up, but they didn't. They kept on going and we even had a late chance to go 3-2 up. The West Ham game followed a similar narrative too. We tried to have possession in the first half and tried to move the ball with a high intensity, but we were slow, lethargic and didn't provide enough movement. That was frustrating. But in my opinion, that comes when players are low and have no confidence. 
When you're low on confidence, it's hard to play at the speed you need to. But we picked things up in the second half, and their reaction was amazing. You could see West Ham getting a bit tired and struggling to hold their shape high up the field, and that helped us to slice them open and play some really good football. I hope that having felt that happiness and belief in the dressing room after the game, they'll have some more belief in themselves going forward. That they can pass the ball at a higher tempo, that they can play one-touch football, and that they can play with a positive mindset. That's exactly how I want us to play, but of course, we can't get carried away. I'm proud of the players for how they've turned both games around in the second half, but we still have a lot of work to do, and there isn't much time for us to actually work on it. It would be nice to finally get a few days where we can really practice together. At the moment, before games, we're having to do walkthroughs of what we need to do, due to the tight fixture schedule, and maybe that's why we've been starting games so slowly. We've been unable to play with a real match tempo in training, so we've had to rely on video analysis and showing the players situations that we can do better. That's not ideal, but that's December and the situation I'm in with the players. The bottom line, however, is that Arsenal is a big football club and we're expected to win games and perform better than we have been. The main thing is that we won our group, placing ourselves in the best position possible for the last 32, and we defeated West Ham too. Now we need to build on these positive spells, move forward and maintain our momentum. And that means against Manchester City today, and football-wise, it's one of our toughest tests of the season so far. When I took over things, we were low, and it was a different challenge to try to get players to play free and believe in themselves. This game is more about the opponents, who are extremely strong. They play good possession football, and they seem to always know what they're going to do before they even receive the ball. They've played with each other for three, four, five years now, so they know their patterns inside out, and they know what works. That's hard to defend against because they like to wear teams out, exploit the gaps and consequently score a lot of goals. There's no denying that it's going to be a difficult game, but of course, we'll have our game plan and we'll try to believe in how we want to play football. But when you play the champions, sometimes you've got to adapt to how they play. Finally, today is our Arsenal Foundation dedicated match day. And ever since I first arrived at Arsenal 20 years ago, I've been so proud of the work the club does off the pitch for such deserving causes, at home and worldwide. I was aware of it as a player, and now I'm a coach, I get to see it close hand that the club continues to be involved in some great projects. So on behalf of the club, I would like to thank all of our supporters who have got involved in any way at all. And just by buying this program today, you have contributed again. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. ABBA on our comeback last week and taking the game to City today. Today is one of those days that could change our season. 
we host Manchester City at the Emirates for what is always one of the biggest games of our season. However, today is even more special. We go into the game on the back of our win at West Ham on Monday. After nine matches without a victory, it felt so good to get that willing feeling back. We deserved it, and you, the fans, deserved it as well. The ones who went to the London Stadium were amazing, but overall for the whole Arsenal family, it felt like a huge win. We didn't start the game well at all. We were low on confidence after a few weeks, and we'd had Freddie was not happy at half-time. He had a good go at us, but in a positive way. He told us to believe in ourselves and to put more rhythm into our game and to into our passing. In the first 45 minutes, we played two sideways and we didn't create anything. The second half had to be better, and it was. We were us again. As soon as we played forward more, breaking their lines, we were threatening them. The first goal was a big boost. Gabby is such a revelation since he joined us in the summer. He is young, but so talented. He reminds me of myself at the same age. He is determined with a lot of energy and eager to learn. He works so hard and he has been excellent every time he has played this season. As soon as he scored, you could feel that the momentum on the pitch had shifted. It was so clear for us players. We had turned things around. The score was still 1-1, but we knew we were going to win. We all felt that we could do it together. And as soon as I gave Nicolas Pepe the ball, I knew he was going to score. When Mesut passed me the ball, I could see Nico to the right. I know I just had to give him the ball and he would do the rest. He did his little shift on the left and then bam, it was in. I didn't even need to look. I knew. This is his favourite position and favourite movement. I was so happy for him. I know how difficult it is to arrive at a new club in a new country, especially with a big price tag. I always tell Nico to stay positive, to play his football, not to get distracted by anything else. His drought would never last and I am so glad it was so decisive at West Ham and now he is going to kick on from there, no doubt. At 2-1 we were in control but we wanted a third goal to be more comfortable. This time Nico decided to cross the ball and I continue my run in the box after passing him the ball like I always do. His cross was perfect and I just had to finish the job. You could see in our celebrations how much it meant to us. It was such a big relief like a big weight was off our shoulders. We are all humans after all and I felt so much responsibility for the bad run we were having. We felt free. We needed the win. For the fans, for the club and for Freddie too. We were so happy for him as it never is easy to take charge of a team and struggling as he is doing his best. In the dressing room at full time you could feel how happy everyone was. We put some music on again. We had not put any music on again for ages. At West Ham we were 1-0 down. And we came back and we won. At Standard Liège on Thursday, we were 2-0 down and we got a point. We showed great character once more. We finished top of our group and that's the most important. Now we can approach this clash with Manchester City in a positive spiral. We have some confidence back, we have some momentum and we are home with you behind us. My message to the boys and to you is this one. Let's not be scared. We can't be scared. We can beat Man City. With the respect I have for them and Pep Guardiola, I can believe in ourselves to play this game and take risks. They've lost the Manchester derby last weekend. They have some big players missing and we can do it. We have shown in the past how good we are against the top teams at home and we will have to do this again today. I will face my former dormant teammate 
Gondgen, and this is always a pleasure. We had some great times together in Germany. I just had to run when he was on the pitch with me on the ball and arrive every time. He is just a top player and a top guy. Today, it is also our dedicated match day for the Arsenal Foundation. It's very important that we raise as much money as we can so that the foundation and the club can continue their amazing work to help the ones who need it the most through football. We, the players, have given a day's salary to the foundation and I ask you all on behalf of the team as part of this to give as much as you can. Our club is much more than just a football club. Enjoy the game today and come on the Arsenal. of Arsenal. Arsenal giving together. Today is a hugely special day for everyone at the club as we come together to celebrate the work of the Arsenal Foundation. This afternoon's match has been kindly donated to the Arsenal Foundation as we look to raise funds and awareness for the special work taking place in our local and global community. Players and staff from across the club have come together this year to continue Arsenal's long-standing tradition of giving together by donating a day's wages, joining in with fundraising and giving up time to volunteer in the local community. It is thanks to everyone's united support that the Arsenal Foundation's reach and impact has continued to grow, using the power of the Arsenal name to support and inspire people. This year has seen us launch the groundbreaking Coaching for Life programme with Save the Children in Jakarta with Leah Williamson, pass £500,000 worth of donations into the local community with partner Islington Giving and raise over £420,000 at our flagship annual fundraising event, A Night to Inspire. We have also launched a new event this year, Challenge Jordan 2020, which will see 100 Arsenal supporters join Per Matasaka and David Seaman on a four-day trek across the Jordan Desert in support of our work. I would like to wholeheartedly thank everyone that contributed to the success of the past year as we celebrate the power that football and the Arsenal name has to do good in the world. Please, if you can, do join us in giving together today. Together, we can do even more. Svenja Geismar the Arsenal Foundation Chair. Today's prog. You will see the work of the Arsenal Foundation highlighted throughout today's issue. And by buying the programme, you have automatically donated 50 pence to the Foundation to help the numerous good causes with which we are involved. So thanks for your contribution. Track the Desert. There are still a few places left to join David Seaman and Per Metasaka for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. In partnership with Just Challenge, the Arsenal Foundation Challenge Jordan 2020 brings together 100 fans to trek through the spectacular desert of Jordan with Pear and David to raise money for the Arsenal Foundation. The spectacular yet challenging trek across the landscape of Jordan begins on Monday, March the 23rd, 2020 and ends on Saturday, March the 28th. Accompanied by Bedouin guides, the trek goes through mountain and desert terrain, camping each night under the stars. Sign up now at www.just-challenge.com slash arsenal. A date for your diary. 
the draw for the Europa League round of 32 is set to take place on Monday, December the 16th at the UEFA headquarters in Neon, Switzerland. The live stream for the draw starts at 12pm UK time and will feature the 12 group winners and 12 runners-up plus eight teams transferring from the UEFA Champions League after finishing third in their group. All clubs will be split into two parts, with Arsenal seeded as one of the 12 group winners and the four best third-ranked teams in the UEFA Champions League group stage. Seeded teams play their home leg of the tie second. The first legs are scheduled to take place on Thursday, February the 20th, with the second legs taking place on Thursday, February the 27th. Stay close to arsenal.com for further details. Christmas giveaways. Arsenal, a big deal. The latest prize in our Christmas giveaways will allow you to while away the hours during your Christmas holidays while never taking your eyes off the Arsenal. We have four sets of luxury playing cards produced in high-quality, durable semi-gloss for easy shuffling. To be in with a chance of winning one of these superb sets, just answer the following question correctly. Which of these will you find at Emirates Stadium? A. Diamond Club B. Hearts Bar C. Spades Restaurant Email your entries to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet us to at AFCP program or post to Program Competition Highbury House, 75 Drayton Park, London N5 1BU One entry per person all entries by Friday, December the 20th. You can purchase the Arsenal 1920 playing cards online at Arsenal Direct for £12. Local and global beneficiaries. Here are a small selection of case studies to highlight the work of the Arsenal Foundation and its partnership with Save the Children. The Arsenal Foundation funds the groundbreaking Coaching for Life programme with Save the Children, which uses football to build the courage and inner strength of vulnerable children across the world. It's about so much more than just football. I know now if I see child rights are being violated and I am able to speak up with confidence because I know this is wrong. When I grow up, I want to be Indonesian ambassador, a violinist and a professional football player. Tizwita, Coaching for Life participant in Indonesia. The Arsenal Foundation funds the groundbreaking Coaching for Life programme with Save the Children, which uses football to build the courage and inner strength of vulnerable children across the world. Okang's world fell apart when his brother died in his arms last year. Having lost his best friend, he retreated from everyone and everything until he was encouraged to join Coaching for Life. Playing football makes me happy and helps me forget my problems. Through the sessions, I have learnt about managing my emotions and everyday problems, like dealing with stress. Okang, Coaching for Life participant in Indonesia. The Arsenal Foundation funds the groundbreaking Coaching for Life programme with Save the Children, which uses football to build the courage and inner strength of vulnerable children across the world. Mohammed was forced to flee Syria when he was just nine years old and has since lived in Satari refugee camp in Jordan, where coaching for life is delivered. I love playing football. It's a beautiful feeling and I forget everything when I am on the pitch. 
Football teaches me about respect, and I am excited to learn more skills from the coaches. My grandfather can see the difference in me since I've been going to coaching for life. He says the programme has built my self-esteem and confidence. Mohammed, coaching for life participant in Jordan. The Arsenal Foundation provided funds to help build a much-needed 3G pitch at Fleet Primary School, Hampstead, which will provide a training base for more than 600 local players. We know the local community need these facilities, so it is very important to help. I played six seasons for Arsenal, and it's like my second family. Part of that family is the local community. These kids and these schools are future. It is very important for Arsenal to show that we are here in the local community, and if we can help, we will. Robert Pires, the Arsenal Foundation Ambassador. The Arsenal Foundation funds the groundbreaking Coaching for Life programme with Save the Children, which uses football to build the courage and inner strength of vulnerable children across the world. Dia is a teenager who's determined to prove that poverty will not stand in her way. The 14-year-old says that even though her family are poor, she wants to prove that she has a brilliant mind. I just have to work. Otherwise, my mum and my younger sisters will have nothing to eat. By playing football, though, I can forget all the troubles in my family. It makes me happy. Although I have a lot of problems, I just have to tackle them. Even when I have problems at home, I can still go to the training ground and enjoy the programme. Dear Coaching for Life participant in Indonesia. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Food Cycle, a charity that serves meals created from surplus food to hungry and lonely people. More people are accessing emergency food services than ever before, while growing numbers are experiencing loneliness and mental health problems. The funding we received from the Arsenal Foundation has helped us keep our Hackney Community Meal running, which serves on average 35 hungry and lonely people every Thursday. Football clubs are a massive part of the community, and as a community we feel we are part of the club. Arsenal's support gives the community an understanding that the club does actually care about local people. Judy Grant, Food Cycle Volunteer the Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund the Toy Project, which gives unwanted toys to children in hospitals, hospices, schools, nurseries and to families in need. I was on the bus when I first saw the Toy Project. I was coming home from Camden with my mum and saw it from the window, so we got off and went in. I loved it straight away. There's a shop you can donate toys and buy used ones instead of buying new. This stops toys being thrown away and the money goes towards more toys, face painters, workshops and events. I am Arsenal's number one fan and it's great that they help people like this. Mummy couldn't pay for all the great Lego I get to build because she has three children and I love it there. Not even breaking my arm could stop me. Luke Croft, the Toy Project Beneficiary the Arsenal Foundation has supported the Helen Bamber Foundation, a charity that supports survivors of human rights violations, including torture and trafficking. I had to flee my home for England in 2003. I had a problem with my sexual orientation and was attacked, intimidated and suffered an arson attack. I had to flee for my life. 
I was not in a very good state when I came back to the UK. I had suffered some very grievous injuries and was wandering the streets. I was suicidal and eventually diagnosed with PTSD. I was referred to the Helen Bamber Foundation and was welcomed as a person, not a statistic. They gave me hope and helped me get medical care, find somewhere to live and gain permission to stay here as a refugee. I really want to relate to people and to help people the way I've been helped. I think it's amazing that Arsenal helped the Helen Bember Foundation to help me, to help us. Friday, Helen Bember Foundation Beneficiary The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund North London Cares, a community network of young professionals and older neighbours hanging out and helping each other. My husband was diagnosed with early-onset dementia 12 years ago, and I lost a lot of friends along the way because they couldn't cope, so when he died five years ago, I was quite isolated. When you're older, you feel non-existent walking down the street, but attending North London Cares and speaking to young people makes me feel valued. I love the fact that the club I support in turn supports the local community, Football gets a lot of bad press, so people need to see the good that football clubs can do as well. Kate Harwood, Arsenal season ticket holder. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777, together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Above and beyond. Congratulations to Abdul Awais, whose fantastic programme selling skills earned him our Above and Beyond award at the last league game. Abdul took home an Adidas hoodie, what a great early Christmas present. Brian Sparrow. Everyone at Arsenal Football Club was saddened to hear of the recent death of former player Brian Sparrow. Brian came through the youth ranks at the Gunners in the late 70s and played two first-team matches for the team at the end of the 1983-84 season prior to joining Crystal Palace. In later life, Brian, who was from Bethnal Green, returned to play for Arsenal's ex-pro and celebrity team, helping to raise funds for numerous good causes. Our thoughts are with Brian's family and friends at this very difficult time. Lane Nominal. Congratulations to Bernd Leno, who is our November Player of the Month. It is the second time the German goalkeeper has claimed the award in his time at the club, and it is no surprise after a string of impressive performances. Leno started the month in good form as we drew 1-1 with Wolves at Emirates Stadium, making some important saves. The 27-year-old produced a fantastic performance at the King Power Stadium next up, but could not prevent us from slipping to defeat against Leicester City. He also caught the eye with another measured display as we drew with Southampton in his final match of November. Lena was the overwhelming winner, receiving 83% of the votes cast, with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in second and Mathieu Ganduzi in third. Fabulous facilities team. The club's facilities team, namely 
Lee Shane, Danny Starbuck, Peter Higgs, Habibur Hussein, and organiser Conor Flaherty headed south of the river earlier this week and donated a day to the Brixton Soup Kitchen. The team prepared meals for the homeless and helped the smooth running of this fantastic facility throughout the day. Brixton Soup Kitchen, founded in 2013 by Solomon Smith, has served over 80,000 meals to homeless and vulnerable people in London and across the UK, and recently picked up the MTM National Community Excellence and Achievement Award. The kitchen provides more than meals and hot drinks. It provides counselling, legal support, job hunting support, and a social place to go which is friendly and uplifting for hundreds every week. Ref Watch, Paul Tierney. Our referee this afternoon is Paul Tierney from Wigan. Tierney got his first taste of Premier League football back in the 2008-9 season when he was an assistant referee for a match between Newcastle United and Hull City. Since then, he's taken charge of 67 top-flight fixtures, showing 67 yellow cards and three reds. Tierney's officiated 12 Premier League fixtures this season, including our 2-2 draw with Norwich at Carrow Road, where he awarded two penalties. He's shown 36 yellow cards throughout those 12 games, but is yet to send a player off this season across all competitions. Assistants Konstantin Hatsidakis and Harry Leonard will accompany Tierney at Emirates Stadium, while Andre Mariner is the fourth official. Chris Kavanagh is the designated VAR, while Sean Marcialis is his assistant. Derby Delight. Congratulations to Kim Little, who has won our Goal of the Month poll for November. The Scotland International stunning strike in the WSL's first-ever North London derby came out on top, with 31% of the vote. Vivian Maidema's unstoppable finish against Liverpool came out in second, claiming 13% of the vote. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's first-time strike at home to Wolves finished third, with 10% of the vote. Little will almost certainly be a front-runner for December's Goal of the Month competition too, after scoring a stunning volley against Reading last Sunday. Gunning for the eFootball.pro League Arsenal will compete in this season's eFootball Pro League, run by our partner Konami. Battling against the likes of Bayern Munich, Barcelona and Juventus, Arsenal will be represented by three of the best eSports gamers in Europe. Emiliano Spinelli, Alexis Giro and Christopher Maduro Mores have been carefully selected to represent the club at its first ever eFootball competition. Held in Barcelona, the tournament will see Arsenal play 11 match dates against elite competition between December 2019 and July 2020, starting against AS Monaco yesterday. Having joined as the club's official football video game partner in 2017, Arsenal and Konami have since signed a three-year extension to the partnership. This coincided with the PES League 2019 World Finals, which were hosted at Emirates Stadium and attended by Robert Pires. Arsenal Academy Young Gun Ben Cottrell The Basics Bourne Watford, October the 31st, 2001.
joined Arsenal under nines. Height and weight. 5 foot 7 inches. 65 kilograms. Position, central midfield. Boots, Nike. Position, Hayden School. I was only six at the time, but I'll never forget the day I was first spotted by Arsenal. I started playing for my Sunday team at a very young age, and I used to train every Friday at my local goals centre. That's where I was first spotted and invited to Hale End for a trial. I was so excited. I can still remember that feeling of switching from my Sunday league kit to an Arsenal kit. Funnily enough, a lot of my teammates from that Sunday side went on to play for other academies, and I actually remember playing against Bukayo Saka a few times when we were really, really young. I turned up at the academy and instantly recognised him. I also knew of Matthew Dennis back then, who played in my area too. There's obviously a lot of talent in our local area, and I think it's because we were given the opportunity to play football at a decent facility. We had a nice pitch, and we had the safety to play on that pitch. A lot of people got their chance quite early, and were able to benefit from such high-quality training and facilities. From there, I was signed to the under-9s, and that's when I can start to piece together my first proper memories of being at Arsenal. Meeting all your new teammates and playing in tournaments was the best thing about it. I actually trained at a few clubs before Arsenal, like Chelsea, Tottenham and Watford, but I never stuck with them. My main focus was Arsenal, and I never wanted to play for any other club as a youngster. Fast forward a few years, and I'm now into my second full season at London Colney. We won the under-18 Premier League South last season, which was an incredible feeling. And towards the end of the year, I was trusted with the captain's armband in Dallas too. It was a great responsibility for me, and a great opportunity to show my leadership skills, and how I can be a leader in the team. That gave me a glimpse into what it could be like if I carried on working hard over the summer and into the next season. Since then, I've captained the under-18s twice more, scoring twice, and been rewarded with a number of starts in the Premier League too. I think it's been a very good season for the under-23s so far. A lot of the team are playing well, and it was good to get our first clean sheet against Southampton. That was one of our main focuses that we hadn't achieved yet, and we went on to get another one against Villarreal. It's been a very positive season so far, and we also have players training with the first team, like Tyrese John-Jules and Robbie Burton. It shows how well we're doing so far as players and that there are opportunities in the first team available. It proves that our hard work will be recognised. Having played a fair few games at under-23 level now, I think the biggest difference between that and under-18s football is the intensity and speed of the game. You have to be quicker on the ball, you have to think quicker, and also think about what you're going to do next when you get the ball. The physicality is a lot different too, because in the under-23s you're playing against different age limits. 
almost every mistake is punished in the Premier League too, whereas at under-18 level you have a little more room for error and recovery. This season in particular, I've been playing more as an attacking midfielder and getting between the lines. As a result, I've been working on my positioning and learning to create space and finding the pockets. I'm also working on raising my number of assists and goals, because people that may not watch the game, they'll be looking at the stats and who scored and who assisted, so I need to make sure I stand out. It's one of my strengths that I can play in an advanced role or in a deeper role. I feel that I'm at my best when I'm playing as a number eight, because that gives me the freedom of being able to join attacks, while also being able to drop back, defend and receive the ball in deeper areas. But honestly, I'm happy to play wherever I'm needed. Ben Cottrell The Lowdown Earliest Memory of Football Signing for Arsenal. Got me into football. My brother and my dad. First footballer I looked up to. Jack Wilshire. Best friend in football. The whole team. Team I supported growing up. Watford. Biggest influence. Grandad and family. Best goal of all time. Lionel Messi versus Athletic Bilbao. Best goal I've ever scored. Against Swansea under 18. My best performance. Scoring the winner against Tottenham. Another sport I'm good at. Table tennis. Favourite training drill. Small-sided games. Who I combine best with. Bukayo Saka. If I had to sing one song to save my life. Dreams by Gabrielle About me Best footballing attribute Passing One thing I want in my career Win the World Cup If I wasn't a footballer, I'd be a salesman Favourite footballer of all time, Lionel Messi First team player I look up to, Joe Willock Favourite follow on Instagram, Conor McGregor. Thing I need on an away trip, coffee. Favourite TV series, power. Around the academy. Who will make it? Bukayo Saka. Most skills in their locker, Tyrese John-Jules. Best passing range, Matt Smith. Best touch, Tyrese. Most two-footed, Sam Greenwood. Would-be best manager, Tom Smith. Strongest, Trey Coyle. Most committed, me. Rate yourself. Pace, 6 out of 10. Dribbling, 7 out of 10. Passing, 8 out of 10. Shooting, 7 out of 10. Defending, 7 out of 10. Physical, 6 out of 10. Academy alumni, George Dobson. George Dobson is playing a key role in Sunderland's push for League One promotion this season. The midfielder joined us when he was eight years old and featured throughout our youth teams. 
In 2014 to 15, he played 15 times in all competitions, which included appearances in the FA Youth Cup and the UEFA Youth League. At the end of 2014-15 campaign, he switched North London for the East as he signed for West Ham United. Again, he featured prominently for the Hammers youth teams and in 2016 he joined Walsall on loan. He made his professional debut at the Saddlers 2-0 EFL Cup defeat to Yeovil Town and made his league debut a few weeks later but couldn't prevent another defeat. This time for Chesterfield, he scored his first goal for Walsall that season against Fleetwood Town but again was on the wrong side of the result as they lost 2-1. After returning to West Ham, Dobson signed predominantly for Dutch side Sparta Rotterdam. After only one season in Holland, the midfielder rejoined Walsall in the summer of 2018. In his first season back at the Bescott Stadium, he helped Walsall avoid relegation and he made 21 appearances in the league. Another personally strong season though, followed through 2018-19, where Dobson registered seven assists in League One. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough to prevent the Saddlers from being relegated to the fourth tier. His heroics for Walsall did not go unnoticed. However, he has earned a summer move to League One giant Sunderland. He scored in his fifth game at EFL Cup match against Sunderland and has featured 12 times in the league this season. After a slow start to the campaign, the Black Cats opted for a change managers and hoped for the uptime in form. Jack Ross was replaced by Phil Parkinson, but their struggles continue as they currently sit outside the play of places. Best luck with the rest of the season, George. Academy News. It wasn't the first team posing for pictures to promote Arsenal giving today. Take a look at two of our Academy lads getting on in the action. Tyrese John Jules and Jason Sara picture with two members of Arsenal staff. Leved features for Sered. Day and Leved played the full 90 minutes but couldn't prevent Sered falling to defeat against Polyron. The 24 year old keeper joined the Slovak Superliga club on loan in the summer and has since made 18 appearances so far this season. Andreas Messeras opened the scoring for Polyphene on the right-footed effort after 25 minutes and the score remained 1-0 until half-time. With 10 minutes left to play, Sered drew level when Dino Sphere tapped in from close range. The joy was short-lived, however. On the stroke of full-time, the home side retook the lead when Cedric Badolo scored the winner for Perfrain. Ben Shayef stars for Doncaster. Ben Shayev played 83 minutes as Newcastle were held by MK Dons. The midfielder on loan at the Chemo Stadium for the season had featured prominently for Daryl Moore's side this season and he scored one goal and registered two assists so far this term. His only co came in a 7-1 thrashing of Southend United and he played the full 90 minutes on 13 occasions and he gains valuable first-team game time. Alex Gilby... Looked to have sealed the Dons and valued three points before Cameron John fired home the equaliser in the 85th minute to claim a point for the home side. Zek returns with a goal. Zek Medley returned to under-23s action with a goal against Blackburn Rovers in what was his only third appearance in Premier League 2. For Steve Bold's team this season, our 23-year-old stormed into the 3-0 lead thanks to goals from Trier Cole, Medley and Therese John-Jules. The defender's goal came after 26 minutes when, from a corner, John-Jules saw his headed effort rebound off the post before Medley acrobatically volleyed home. The towering defender made his first-team debut last season in a Europa League fixture 
against Fosklaka, and the 19-year-old travelled to Liège on Thursday as well. Academy reports. Words from Sam Cox. Premier League 2. Friday, December the 6th. Arsenal 23s. 3. Blackburn under 23s. 1. Goals from Arsenal came from Coyle, Medley and John Jules. Goals from Blackburn came from Chapman. Medley returned to a strong lineup. Trey Coyle scored third of the season and Trice John Jules netted a rocket. We moved to the top of the Premier League two table with a 3-1 win over Blackburn Rovers at Meadow Park last week. Trey Cole, Zach Medley and Tyrese John Jules were all on the score sheet as Steve Boldside registered a fourth consecutive victory in all competitions. The win helped us leapfrog Chelsea and Derby County to move one point clear of the summit of the table with 23 points from our opening 12 games. Our first chance of the evening came inside five minutes when Nathan Tormey broke down the wing and chipped the ball into Robbie Burton who saw his volley from the edge of the box fly wide. Chances were few and far between during the opening exchanges but we took the lead midway through the first half when Emil Smith-Rowe collected a powerful header from Dinos Mapravonis-Smith. Rowe then headed towards the box and played a great ball into Coyle, who kept his composure and slotted home. We then doubled the advantage from a corner, with John Jewell seeing his header come back off the post before Medley reacted quickly to head home the rebound. John Jules made it three on the stroke of half-time when the ball broke to him just inside the box. The striker took the touch before drilling the powerful effort beyond the goalkeeper and into the roof of the net. Smithrow came close to adding a fourth on the hour mark when a curling effort from the edge of the box flew wide of the post. Coyle almost scored his second of the match when he brought the ball down inside the box and shifted onto his left foot, but his curling effort crashed against the crossbar. However, the visitors pulled a goal back with 10 minutes left to play when Harry Chapman skipped past the challenge before firing past Matt Macy from inside the box. Tormey almost made it four in injury time from a coil cutback but was denied by the foot of the post. After the match, John Jewell said, It was good to get on the score sheet again. I'm just trying to keep my run going, trying to keep scoring for the team so we can develop and maintain our run. We're all confident. We're just trying to keep this run going and trying to improve in the league and keep going. There's always things to improve on and we want to keep trying to improve and it's going good so far. I just want to keep scoring goals with the cup games that are coming up for the first team. If I get a chance, then I'll take the chance. But if not, I want to keep working hard for the under-23s and I want to keep going. Match Report, West Ham, Premier League, Match Day 16, 8pm, Monday, December the 9th, London Stadium. West Ham 1, Arsenal 3. Scorer for West Ham, Ogbonna in the 38th minute for Arsenal, Martinelli in the 60th, Pape in the 66th and Aubameyang in the 69th minutes. Away fans, 3,000. Playing for West Ham were... 25 Martin, 24 Fredericks, 4 Balbuena, 21 Ogbonna, 3 Creswell, substituted in the 51st minute, 11 Snodgrass, substituted in the 78th minute, 16 Noble, 41 Rice, 18 Fornals, 
8, Anderson, substituted in the 70th minute, 30, Antonio. Substitutes were Zabaleta, Jimenez, C. Sanchez, Haller, who came on in the 70th minute, Diop, Masuaku, who came on in the 51st minute, and Holland, who came on in the 78th minute. For Arsenal were 1, Leno, 15, Maitland-Niles, 21, Chambers, 5, Socrates, 3, Tierney, who was substituted in the 29th minute, 34, Shaka, who was substituted in the 86th minute, 11, Torreira, 19, Pepe, who was substituted in the 88th minute, 10, Ozil, 14, Aubameyang, 35, Martinelli. Substitutes were Martinez, Lacazette, David Luiz, Nelson, who came on in the 80th minute, Martinez, Ganduzi, who came on in the 86th minute, Kolasinac, who came on in the 29th minute, and Saka. Match stats. Total shots, West Ham 11, Arsenal 10. Shots on target, West Ham 4, Arsenal 3. Corners, West Ham 4, Arsenal 3. Offsides, West Ham 1, Arsenal 0. Fouls, West Ham 12, Arsenal 6. Possession, West Ham 36%, Arsenal 64%. First half. The first half was uninspiring, with both sides struggling for form and confidence coming into the match. Neither side was able to threaten in front of goal, and when the deadlock was eventually broken, it was no surprise that it was a scrappy goal. We failed to clear a corner, and Pablo's Fornals cross was headed in by Angelo Ogbonna, with a sizable deflection of Angeli Metal and Niles. Once again, we were behind in the Premier League, and Freddie Lundberg needed a big second half from his side as we looked to end a nine-game winless streak. Second half. The second half started in the same vein as the first, with neither side taking control. Until, that is, Gabriel Martinelli marked his first Premier League start with a well-taken goal, finishing first time from Sead Kolasinac's cross. It sparked Arsenal into life instantly. Within moments we were ahead thanks to a moment of magic from Nicolas Pepe, who curled a superb effort into the far corner. Pepe then turned provider setting up Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to score our third inside nine minutes and seal a much-needed win. There is a photo of Gabriel Martinelli in the hard copy of the programme alongside the scoreline. Then there are six photographs with the captions clockwise from top left. Gabriel Martinelli finds the net to trigger the comeback. The Brazilian celebrates his first Premier League goal. Nicolas Pepe celebrates putting us ahead and what a stunning goal it was. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang seals the win with the third goal. The Gunners celebrate three valuable points, and Granit Xhaka celebrates with the evening's three goal scorers. Thirty-five years in the community. An overview of our current work in the community around healthy living. The Arsenal Foundation and Islington Giving Past £500,000 Milestone. The Arsenal Foundation and partner Islington Giving are celebrating passing half a million pounds worth of donations into the local community. Joining together in 2013 to mark 100 years of Arsenal in Islington, both organisations have worked together to make positive changes in the borough. 
the collaboration has focused on creating new opportunities for local people, as well as unlocking access to high-quality venues and facilities to help bring residents together, combat loneliness and provide stimulating activities. We are thrilled that working in partnership, the Arsenal Foundation and Islington Giving have been able to bring so many more resources into the borough to directly benefit local people, explained Islington Giving Director Sarah Benioff. It's a truly winning partnership and we look forward to opening up even more opportunities for local people in the future. Key achievements so far. Global Generation. Friday night out football and food sessions launched in King's Cross and Archway. Now running exclusively in King's Cross, they give local children fun opportunities and the evening sessions have been highly valued by local parents. Fully focused community trust. Members of Arsenal in the community have built great connections with young people on Elthorn Estate, Archway. In 2018, they worked with Fully Focused, a youth-led filmmaking organisation which reaches millions of YouTube viewers. They've helped to tackle negative preconceptions of the area by producing the acclaimed film Drawn Out, which was nominated for a community award at the London Football Awards 2019. All Change, Cubit Education, North London Cares. Saturday socials bring older Islington neighbours together in famous local spaces. The weekly sessions involve arts, music and movement, as well as plenty of tea and laughs. Emirates Stadium has hosted exciting celebratory events since the launch six years ago. All changes when Sunday comes takes place monthly at the Arsenal Hub and celebrate the memories and connections local people have with the club. Participants have performed their work at the stadium as part of the Islington Word Literary Festival. The Brandon Centre. For three years from mid-2018, specialists in youth mental health, the Brandon Centre, will reside at Arsenal Hub one day a week in response to rising mental health challenges amongst young people, connecting with Arsenal to widen reach. Making the most of free time. In 2016, the partnership funded six diverse projects to give opportunities to young people. From hip-hop, car mechanics and days out for disabled young people, hundreds of youngsters were helped to find positive and exciting new experiences. Photo of the week. Arsenal in the community's Twitter account, at AFC Community, highlights some of this month's community work. We're proud to be supporting the hashtag Rainbow Laces campaign. Young people from our coaching schemes also took part in a At Stonewall UK education workshop to explore and understand issues faced by LGBT community who pledged to become allies and role models. This concludes Arsenal in the Community. Foundation. In my own words, Leah Williamson. Dream big. That's something every girl should be able to do. It's what my hero Kelly Smith once wrote on a picture she gave to me when I was younger, and something that has stayed with me ever since. By dreaming big, I've been able to become a professional footballer and I have been given opportunities that I never thought I'd have. Recently, 
One of those opportunities was to visit the Coaching for Life program in Jakarta, Indonesia, with Save the Children and the Arsenal Foundation. The first people I met when I arrived in Jakarta were the Save the Children team. We can often forget just how much they do for the people who rely on them, and they really do rely on them. The Coaching for Life program is unrivaled. Seriously, no other football clubs are doing anything like it. Of course I've visited the Arsenal hub, and I've seen the work Arsenal in the community do, but going away with the foundation and seeing that similar impact in a completely different setting was massive. We don't turn up, deliver two days of coaching, and hope they'll be fine after that. We go in there. We take our coaches, who live in those areas for two months, and dedicate their lives to sharing their skills with coaches out there, so they can best teach the children. I think that's what makes this programme so unrivaled, and it's why there's a real North London field to Jakarta, which is ridiculous to think of if you've ever visited the two places, but it's true. Let me explain why. From the outside, coaching for life could look just like a football session, but in reality, it's a child protection programme that uses football as a way to engage children and deliver skills they need to help cope with life off the pitch. Life is pretty tough for some of the girls I met in Jakarta, and this programme helps them learn about things like confidence, resilience and communication. The best part is that they don't even realise it's happening. They see it as just a place to go and have fun, but it's so much more than that. As well as the programme and the pitch, Save the Children and the Arsenal Foundation have made the area around the pitch so special. It's not just there for the football, it's also space for people to come together outside of their homes. Most people end up in the streets, because that's the only space that they have. To have this hub, this green space, this oasis in such a cramped area, that's what makes it feel like this Arsenal presence. It's like the hub we have here by Emirates Stadium, which is home to Arsenal in the community. You've got this big stadium and this community hub right in the middle of real life. It's somewhere people can go to feel special, to feel that someone cares about them. That's the main thing that links the two places together. I think what I learned most, or what I realised the most about the programme when I got there, is that you hear coaching for life and you just think football. But when you speak to the girls about what they get from the sessions, they don't necessarily talk about the football. It's about the whole package that comes with it, the confidence, the resilience and the self-belief that they're taught. In one of the sessions, we actually did an exercise about being positive about ourselves and telling each other what we were good at. I think that really hit home to me. It's so much more than football. Football's just the common ground that can bring us together. The power of football is something I learned in terms of seeing it transferred. It really struck me how much these girls in Jakarta loved it. It's their one time that they get to let their hair down and have a good time. Considering the circumstances that most of them have come from and the stigma around girls playing football, 
for them to go out there and take their place on the pitch that they deserve and have all the boys watching on the outside. I think that was pretty special for me, and it's what will live with me the most. They just didn't care. They did what they wanted to do, and they left all the social expectations of being a girl at the door to just go out and have a good time by being themselves. I definitely think when I look back on growing up in England, we maybe took some things for granted that they don't. Since I've come back, I've not taken a single time I've kicked the ball on a football pitch for granted. But naturally, we can't all be taught not to take things for granted in that way. I was very privileged to have that experience to change my perception. But now, 100%, I want to have as much fun as I was having on the pitch with those girls. That's what I took from it, and I hope the girls learned something from me being there too. I was there to show them that they can do what they want, that times are changing, and that I'm living proof of these changed times. Ten years ago, I couldn't be in the position I'm in now. Even five years ago is a stretch. But now, I'm a professional footballer, and it's available because of women who have fought before me. One of the young girls I met was called Dia, and she is probably one of the best people I've ever met. She is so strong, yet so unaware of how strong she is. She told me how much of a role model I am to her, and how strong I was, and that's what she wanted to be. She doesn't realise that she's ten times stronger than me already. She was just an incredible young woman for everything that she juggles and balances in her life. She wakes up early has to go to the shop to get stuff for her stall that she runs after school, outside of her house to support her family. She then finds time to go to the pitch and take that time for herself, which has made me so happy. That makes me so proud of the project. I had this conversation with her, where she was telling me about her schedule, and she didn't even mention that she was babysitting in the evenings as well, to make a bit more money and support her family further. That just shows what kind of a person she is. She didn't see any of it as abnormal, she just saw it as her responsibility, and that's what she had to do. Her strength is something that will stay with me for a long, long time. Just seeing Dia running around with her friends on the pitch, it showed me just how much the Coaching for Life programme is helping her. Just to be welcomed into the Arsenal family is really special to her, and to have people look after her is huge, because she does a lot of looking after others when she's at home. I like to think that's helping her become more resilient and become more confident in herself. It's showing her that she can break down the boundaries that she wants to. She actually went to visit the Deputy Minister to fight for change and make them aware of child labour in her area as well as the homeless children who are then forced into child labour. Considering what Dear goes through on a daily basis, to have time to think about other people just shows the person she is. Going to the pitches and going to the programme, and to have people care for her and teach her things, she's sort of finding her own way in the world, but actually she's a child and should be given the support she needs to be the best person she can be. She knew I was a footballer, 
and she would love to grow up to be a footballer herself. I've no doubt that she'll make that happen to a certain degree, given how feisty she was on the pitch. But speaking to dear, whenever she spoke to me about me, she never once mentioned that I was a good footballer. Instead, it was all about being successful, and she saw success as me being strong for my family, even though my situation is not the same as hers. The term role model goes from being a footballer and showing people that I've made it and they can make it as a footballer too, to the complete other end of the spectrum of just caring about people. By showing her that I cared for her, I cared for my family, and that I was a strong person for them who fights for what I believe in, that mattered to dear so much more. We actually bonded one day when she found out that my parents had separated, and so had hers. It almost made me feel guilty, because she really latched onto it, and it made us seem alike, when in reality she's the one who's working to support her family because her dad has left. That's not the case for me, and I'm very lucky that it hasn't had a large impact on my life. The biggest piece of advice that we shared was just to be true to who you are and fight for what you believe in and to focus on herself. I tried to tell her that she needs to focus on herself and that she needs to know that she doesn't have the weight of the world on her shoulders all the time, that it's okay to be a kid. In return, the advice she gave me without even knowing it is to be strong for other people. We're often so self-absorbed that we forget to think about others. She just is the complete opposite to that because she thinks about nothing but other people. Although she didn't realise that she was the one giving advice, she probably taught me more than she learned from me. When I sat down with Dear in her house, I took a timeline of my time here at Arsenal in photos. There was one particular photo, the mixed squad photo with the men's team, which was something that she related to because she plays with the boys and doesn't care what people say about it. One of the other ones that really stood out was a picture of me and my mum signing my contract here. Dear's mum is her hero, and someone she really looks up to, and they have a really close bond. That's obviously something me and my mum share too, so that was really nice for her to let me in on that. We had a nice conversation about both of our mums. I told her she could keep one of the photos if she wanted to, and the one she picked was me with a massive grin and my fists clenched, running down the steps at Wembley after we'd just won the FA Cup. Kelly's actually in the background, so I thought about the message she wrote to me all those years ago and knew there was only one thing I could write on this picture for dear. Dream big. Visitors, Manchester City. Words by Mike Hammond. City's bid to be crowned champions of England for the third successive season looks to have hit the buffers in recent weeks. With just seven points taken from their last five Premier League matches, Pep Guardiola's team have dropped way behind leaders Liverpool. The gap stretched into 14 points at the conclusion of last weekend with Leicester City, also six points better off than the defending champions in second place. 
Having won the unprecedented domestic treble last term, City started this season as favourites to make it three Premier League titles in a row, although Liverpool chased them right up to the finishing line, ending up with 97 points to City's 98. Victories in all their last 14 matches. A sequence that began with a 3-1 win over Arsenal at the Etihad Stadium and ended with a 4-1 win at Brighton saw Guardiola's side take home a second successive title, making them the first club to retain the Premier League since Manchester United a decade earlier. During the season before, City had walked unopposed to the title, amassing 110 points with 106 goals and winning by a 19-point margin. But in 2019-20, it is Liverpool who hold all the aces as a busy festive period approaches. Last Saturday's 2-1 home derby defeat by United was a crushing blow to City's challenge. It was their fourth league defeat of the campaign, the same number as in last season's triumph, and two more than in 2017-18 season. And their second at home, having already lost 2-0 there to Wolves in early October. Further defeats to Norwich, 3-1, and Liverpool, 3-1, have given City a proverbial mountain to climb. City, of course, have more than one fish to fry. They have already won trophies this season, beating Liverpool on penalties after 1-1 draw in the Community Shield, and are through to both the quarter-finals of the Carabao Cup and travel to League One Oxford United on Wednesday and the knockout phase of the UEFA Champions League, where they will discover their next opponents on Monday's round of the 16 draw. They look to have a straightforward task in the third round of the FA Cup too, with League 2 Port Vale visiting the Etihad next month. It's probably fair to say that City's number one priority this season is to follow Liverpool on a Champions League role of honour. They have never reached the final of the Europe's flagship club competition, their best season being in 2016 when they got to the semi-finals. In each of the last two seasons, they have been eliminated by English opponents in the last eight, by Liverpool in 2017-18 and by Tottenham last season. So head-to-head, our first league meeting with City came in the old Division 2 in 1893, where we won 1-0 at home. Last season's goal from Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva, sealed the visitors and a 2-0 victory at the Emirates Stadium. Golden oldie. John Burridge became the Premier League's oldest player when he appeared for Man City against QPR in 1995. The keeper started the match at the age of 43, but couldn't prevent City losing 2-0. Player of the Year. Between the years of 2006-2009, Man City's Player of the Year award was presented to Republic of Ireland international Richard Dunn. He won the award for three consecutive years before Stephen Ireland picked up the award in 2009. Twitter follower stats. Sergio Aguero, 13.4 million. Raheem Sterling, 2.2 million. Claudio Brava, 2.1 million. Raheem Marez, 2 million. And Leroy Sane, 1.5 million. Your players today are... Number 7, Raheem Sterling. 21, David Silva. 31, Edison. 17, Kevin De Bruyne. Your manager, Pep Guardiola. 
the new boy, Roddy, midfielder. You've got Gabriel Jesus, who's the attacker. You've got Phil Foden, midfielder. Fernandinho is the defender. So we have a scouting report by Michael Cox. Manchester City have suited in recent weeks and haven't demonstrated the coercion and compactness we've come to expect from Pep Guardiola's side over the past couple of seasons. There is also subtly a new system being deployed. Throughout this two-title winning campaign, Guardiola generally uses a 4-3-3 formation with Fernandinho playing behind De Bruyne and David Silva. But in recent weeks, this has shifted to more of a 4-2-3-1 system, with Silva on the outright number 10 and De Bruyne shuttling back and forth, starting alongside holding midfielder Rodri and storming towards positions on the right channel. De Bruyne is the Premier League's leading assister so far this season, as he crosses from narrow positions and a threatening source of creativity from this City side. But there has also been problems without possession when City lose the ball, They've often been exposed too quick at the back. Opposition counter-attacks and also an intense passing we've come to expect has often been absent. Roddy has sometimes been left out without too much space, which has been covered behind De Bruyne and Silva. And Goddard could be drafted into the play in a holding role here. City have sometimes looked exposed in midfield because Fernandinho has been drafted into defence the absence of Lepore having played alongside John Stone. The Brazilian has performed competitively to the back, but his commanding presence has missed higher up. Guardiola sometimes uses his fullbacks as a unique manner. Carl Walker often tucks inside, almost as a bonus holding midfielder against teams who offer the counter-attacking threat and the middle left back. Angelino has sometimes played in this manner too, although has generally been given more of an attacking brief. Benjamin Mende, an alternative down the left, is also more comfortable hugging the touchline. Goalkeepers, Edison, meanwhile is notable for his aggressive sweeping, but also his booming long kicks downfield. City have a reputation for playing from out the back, although sometimes you can catch the opposition out with a one-route basis. Sergio Aguero's opener in the Carabao Cup a couple of seasons ago came to one of those passes from backup keeper Claudio Bravo. Up front, Sergio Aguero has been out with injury recently, allowing Gabriel Jesus to play up front instead. He plays much the same role. City have been hit in the long-term absence of Leroy Sane. However, he was excellent at stretching the play down the left in combination with Raheem Sterling doing the same thing down the right. Sterling now plays from the left with Jaime Marez and Bernardo Silva starting in the wide right position, but looking to check inside, either crossing towards the far post or playing in De Bruyne in the inside right channel. The slick interplay of last season has somewhat been overtaken by a dependence upon the Belgian for individual moments of magic. He must be watched very carefully here. Official Notice Board. Make birthdays, weddings and welcomes Arsenal Official. Arsenal celebrates. Happy 17th birthday, Cameron Michael Thomas Clayton. Have an amazing day at the Emirates. Love Mum, Dad, Abby and Charlotte. Happy birthday, Charlie Merson. Love from family and friends. 
Happy Christmas to Billy, Maisie, Riley, George, Millie and Rennie. Hope 2020 is fab too. Love, Mum, Nan, Debbie. Happy birthday, Bert Overly. Have a great day, Grandad, and enjoy the match. We love you very much, Poppy and Eden. Happy birthday, Leslie Wakelin. Love, Mark, Mark, Adam, Chloe, your family and friends. Happy 70th birthday, John Jones. The best dad and Arsenal supporter in the world. Love, Kelly, Matthew and Claire. Welcome to Emirates Stadium for the first time to Peter Sweeney and brother Owen from Norman Egan and Arsenal FC. A very warm welcome to Alexandra and Gerd Gimulsa, Krista Strini, Thomas Kleinschuster and Heinz Setz Cheney to their first visit to Emirates. Enjoy the game. Chisha, Balu, Kemi, Stefan, Andy. Welcome to the world of Arsenal, Florence, Sadie and Green, Born on Thursday, November the 21st, 2019. Bobby Wilkins, happy 21st birthday on Christmas Day. Have a wonderful time. Love Mum, Dad and Ben. Welcome home, Twinkle, and well done, whatever. Love always, Mum, Dad and Piglet. Merry Christmas to Nigel and Debs Evans. Come on, you gooners, from Idea. Arsenal remembers. Peter Blankman sadly passed away on November the 13th, 2019. Devoted husband, father, grandad and passionate Gunners fan. Peter was a much-loved and dignified man who will be greatly missed by family and friends. Kyle John Carthy sadly passed away aged 23 on November the 12th, 2019, leaving behind his heartbroken family, including the apple of his eye, niece Brooke Schuyler and two beautiful nephews, Jace Blue and Roman Luke John. Kyle is missed immensely. Arunave Ray, misfits are everywhere. Very few celebrate oddity the way Arunuva did. Ardent Arsenal fan and Beatles fanatic, he lived life on his own terms. This accomplished sports journalist was created to the brim and cared for his dear ones with absolute love. Featured in gold are the following. Sebastian George Andreas Cook, born November the 9th, 2019, continuing the family tradition. A gooner forever. Love Grandma and Grandpa. Happy 18th birthday, Jade Ellingham. Love Dad, Stacy, Max and special wishes from Hector Bellerin. Keith Partridge. Happy 70th birthday, Grandad Keith. Lots of love forever, Lily Rose, Maisie, Wes and Ruth. Come on, Gunners. To our wonderful son and brother, Liam Brady Patel. A gooner through and through. Happy 18th birthday, love mum, dad, Neil and Poppy. Notices are free. However, we do recommend a £10 donation to the Arsenal Foundation, supporting young people in North London and globally. A donation of £25 secures a unique personalised match day programme. It's £50 for a message in the highlighted section and a personalised version. Send to Notice Board, Highbury House, 75 Drayton Park, London N51BU. Email noticeboard at arsenal.co.uk or call 020-7704-4130. Match Report, Brighton. Premier League, Match Day 15. 
8.15pm. Thursday, December the 5th, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 1, Brighton and Hove Albion 2. Arsenal scorer, Lacazette 51. Brighton and Hove Albion scorers, Webster 36, Malpe 80. Arsenal team, number 1, Leno. Number 2, Bellerin. Number 5, Socrates. Number 23, David Luiz. Number 31, Kalasinak, substitute 72nd minute. Number 34, Zaka. Number 11, Torriera. Number 28, Willock, substitute 46th minute. Number 10, Ozil. Number 9, Lacazette, substitute 77th minute. Number 14, Obermeyang, substitute. Substitutes, Martinez, Chambers, Tierney, 72nd minute, Guendouzi, Nelson, Pepe, 46th minute, Martinelli, 77th minute. Brighton and Hove Albion, number 1, Ryan, number 5, Dunk, number 6, Stevens, number 15, Webster, number 24, Proper, number 33, Burn, number 44, Connolly, substitute, 75th minute, Number 18, Mouy. Number 7, Malpe. Number 13, Gross. Substitute, 80th minute. Number 46, Alzate. Substitute, 88th minute. Substitutes, Duffy, 88th minute. Bissouma, Trossard, 80th minute. Murray, Montoya, 75th minute. Button, Bernardo. First half. We made a bright start to Freddie Lundberg's first home match as interim head coach, but it wasn't long until Brighton started to get a grip on the game and the visitors were soon causing us problems. Neil Malpe fired one shot across the face of goal that somehow evaded the foot of Aaron Connolly, before Bernd Leno was called into action to deny the Malpe. Our goalkeeper was called upon again soon afterwards to palm away Davy Proper's shot, but two minutes later, the Seagulls took the lead when Adam Webster poked in after a scramble in the area. Joe Willock had a close-range header saved by Matt Ryan, but we trailed at the interval. Second half. We finally got back on level terms when Alexandre Lacazette, on his 100th Gunners appearance, sent a looping header over Ryan from Mesut Ozil's corner. David Luiz had a goal disallowed for offside after a VAR check before the visitors retook the lead when Moye crossed for Malpe to head into the far corner, extending our winless run to nine matches. Match stats. Total shots. Arsenal 12, Brighton and Hove Albion 20. Shots on target. Arsenal 5, Brighton and Hove Albion 9. Corners. Arsenal 9, Brighton and Hove Albion 9. Offsides. Arsenal 7. Brighton and Hove Albion, 0. Fouls, Arsenal, 10. Brighton and Hove Albion, 11. Possession, Arsenal, 49%. Brighton and Hove Albion, 51%. This concludes Match Report. Arsenal Women the latest news and results from the Women's Super League champions. 
free-scoring gunners win again. FA Women's Continental League Cup Wednesday, December the 11th, Meadow Park Arsenal 9, McCabe 8, 34, 54 Phyllis 45, 77, 86 Evans 47, 88 Mead 49 London Bees 0 We advanced to the knockout stages of the FA Women's Continental League Cup after a resounding victory over London Bees at Meadow Park. Katie McCabe and Melissa Phyllis both scored hat-tricks in the rout, and it was a memorable occasion for Jen Beattie too, as she made her 100th appearance for the club, although her night was cut short due to injury. The visitors almost took the lead seconds into the match, when Nikita Winnett found space down the left and crossed towards Flo Gamby but her powerful header was acrobatically saved by Pauline Peyro-Magnin. We immediately went on the offensive and were rewarded when Phyllis raced down the right channel before whipping across into McCabe, who made no mistake. McCabe then scored her second after Viviane Midema drove to the byline and teed her up. On the stroke of half-time, Midema was the provider again, when she squared the ball through a crowded penalty area and found Phyllis, who had created space to tap home from close range. Minutes after the restart, our two half-time substitutes combined as Beth Mead crossed the ball from the edge of the box into Lisa Evans, whose looping header evaded Sarah Quantrill on its way in. Mead then got herself on the score sheet when she picked up the ball from outside the box dribbled past two defenders before cutting inside to fire a low effort into the bottom corner. We pulled further ahead as Evans turned provider when she delivered an inch-perfect cross into McCabe, who powered a header past Quantrill. With less than 15 minutes left, Phyllis grabbed her second when she rose high inside the box to direct a header into the far corner. In the closing stages of the match, Phyllis took advantage of some poor defending from a corner to claim her hat-trick, sending a header in at the back post, before Evans raced through shortly after the restart to score our ninth. Arsenal Peyro Magnin Maya Quinn Beatty Substituted with Williamson in the 20th minute Mitchell Schnaderbeck Substituted with Evans in the 46th minute Rord, Grant, Phyllis, Midema, substituted with Mead in the 46th minute, McCabe. Giving together. Wednesday night was Arsenal Women's Charity Match Day. Volunteers from Save the Children held bucket collections, and the players have pledged to give a day's wages, and will be making numerous community visits to spread Christmas cheer. The Arsenal squad also wore special Arsenal Foundation shirts, which will be auctioned or gifted for good causes. We bet Katie and Melissa's hat-trick shirts are worth a few bob. Congratulations, Jen and Melissa. It was a special night for Jennifer Beattie on Wednesday as she celebrated 100 matches for Arsenal women. The Scottish centre-half, who is in her second spell with the club, was often deployed as a centre-forward in her first spell, explaining her excellent tally of 27 goals. 
Here's to the next 100, Jen. It was also a special night for young forward Melissa Phyllis, who grabbed her first goals for the club, and it was a hat-trick. The 17-year-old bagged a treble alongside Katie McCabe for the Gunners in a special night for the England Junior International. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Five stars named in Guardian's Top 100. Leah Williamson, Beth Mead, Kim Little, Danielle van der Donk and Viviane Medema have all been named in the Guardian's list for the 100 Best Female Footballers of 2019. All five of our stars played a key role in our title-winning 2018-19 season, and their fine form has been recognised as they finished 94th, 78th, 43rd, 16th, and fifth, respectively. Mead set a new record last term for the most assists provided in a single WSL season, 13, while Midema found the back of the net an incredible 22 times, blowing Ellen White's previous record of 15 goals in a single WSL season out of the water. Our English duo, Mead and Williamson, helped England to reach the semi-finals of the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup, while Midema and van der Donk reached the final. My Arsenal. We hear about your heroes, hangouts and heart-stopping moments. If you want to be part of My Arsenal, then email programme at arsenal.com. .co.uk to take part. Today's My Arsenal fan is Drew Tyler, 31, from North London, and he is a coaching for life project leader. Why are you an Arsenal fan? My mum and dad both grew up in Islington. The whole family, except one rogue uncle, are Arsenal fans. I've been going to the Arsenal since I was three, 
with my dad and my granddad. I remember watching the parade from outside the Orn Castle. First Arsenal game? No idea. I would have been about three or four years old. One that sticks in my memory, though, was losing 3-1 to QPR when John Junton scored his only goal. I cried because I was so cold. Favourite Arsenal game? The FA Cup final, 2002. It's only Ray Parler. Whose name and number would you have back on your shirt? On the current shirt, I would either be Lacquer or Pepe. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? 1995-96, to 96, the away shirt with a lightning bolt. Who's your all-time favourite player? Dennis Bergkamp, greatest player to have played for Arsenal. True class. I couldn't wait to watch him every week. I have a video of him for his days at Ajax Inter and Arsenal that I must have watched thousands of times. Do you have an Arsenal cult hero and why? Eddie McGoldrick, I don't know why. was never allowed his name on my shirt as it had too many letters. Celebrated his only goal via standard Liège like a madman. What's the best Arsenal goal you've ever seen? Freddie Lomberg versus Juventus at Highbury after Burkamp's assist. What's the best debut performance you've ever seen by a new player? Not quite his first game, but his first goals for us was Jermaine Pennant's hat-trick versus Southampton when we won 6-1. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history, what would it be? Champions League final defeat to Barcelona, so we can have another go? If you could be present at any Arsenal match in history, what would it be? Liverpool's nil, Arsenal 2, 1989. If you could play in any Arsenal team in history, which would it be and who would you replace? The Invincibles, I'll take on Rees place and play alongside Dennis and score all the goals. Thank you to Drew Tyler, 31, from North London, for my Arsenal. Teams for Arsenal in trim head coach Freddie J. Lungberg. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks. 1. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 8. Danny Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Masut Ozil. 11. Lukash Torreira. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 23. David Lewis. 24. Rhys Nelson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Konstantinos Mavropanos. 28. Joe Willock. 29. Matteo Ganduzi. 31. Zird Kolasinac. 32. Emil Smith-Rowe. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. 77. Bukayo Saka. For Manchester City, head coach Pep Guardiola. Black shirts, shorts and socks. 1. Claudio Bravo, goalkeeper. 2. Kyle Walker. 5. John Stones. 7. Raheem Sterling. 8. Ilke Gundogan. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Sergio Aguero. 
11. Alexander Zinchenko 12. Angelino 14. Emeric Laporte 16. Rodrigo 17. Kevin De Bruyne 19. Leroy Sane 20. Bernardo Silva 21. David Silva 22. Benjamin Mondi 25. Fernandinho 26. Riyad Mahrez 27. Joet Cacello 30. Nicolas Otamendi 31. Edison, goalkeeper 32. Daniel Grimshaw, goalkeeper 33. Scott Carson, goalkeeper 47. Phil Foden 50. Eric Garcia 83. Giancarlo Pavado Acampo Match officials Referee Paul Tierney Assistant referees Konstantin Hatsidakis and Harry Leonard Fourth official Andre Mariner VAR Chris Kavanagh Assistant VAR Sean Marcialis Today's other Premier League fixtures Manchester United vs Everton at 2pm Wolverhampton Wanderers vs Tottenham Hotspur at 2pm The Arsenal Foundation Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport EA Sports FIFA 20 Pre-order now Available 27th of the 9th, 19th Vitality, health and life insurance. We love sport and its power to inspire healthier lives. It's at the heart of everything we do. It's why we partner the leading sports figures, teams and events to help us share the vitality message. Feeling active and staying healthy is at the heart of everything we do. Because taking small steps today can dramatically improve well-being over the long term. Regardless of your current state of health. Visit vitality.co.uk for more information on how Vitality rewards its members for being active. Official wellness partner with Arsenal Football Club. Vitality. Positively different health and life insurance. A new season begins. A new thrill awaits. Visit Rwanda. Official tourism partner of Arsenal Football Club. In the hard copy there is a glorious photograph. The caption is, The canopy walkway in Rwanda's Nyangwe Forest is a hanging footbridge suspended 70 metres, 230 feet, above the forest floor and running a total length of 160 metres, 525 feet. The website, www.visitrwanda.com On Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, at visit Rwanda underscore now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.